good evening and welcome to the latest episode of Le Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 191. We are back after the international break. Um, thank you for the feedback uh, for the episode 190, which I did on the 26th. So, yeah, exactly nine days ago with Julian. Uh, really, really enjoyable podcast. Um, I'm hoping to have him on again. Um, as is, as is, I, I would do this with a smile on my face. As is, Inter team lost one 0 to Fiorentina, um, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Roma's three 0 win over lowly Sampdoria. Uh, with me tonight or this evening, uh, welcome back, Joey. How are you? Good, Scott. I have the same smile as my, on my face as you do. <laughs> um, did you have a nice international break? Yeah, it was nice to have the uh, batteries recharged from uh, this Roma side that, you know, kind of left us in a bit of uh, underwhelming recent performances. But I think it's good. It's good for us and definitely good for the the team to reset and recharge. And, uh, well, we'll get into the game, but it, it seemed to have helped against Sampdoria. Definitely, definitely. All I will say, this is Scotland 2, Spain 0. And, Rodri, you can cry me a river all the time you want because... <laughs> crying about the, the length of the pitch, the length of the grass, the weather, uh, Scotland players falling down, but hey-ho, that's all I'm going to say. Um, we'll get into yesterday's game. Roma 3, Sampdoria 0. Um, Jeannie Wijnaldum, her header, Paolo Dybala penalty, and a Stefan Al-Sharari goal, thanks to a lovely, lovely, wonderful assist from Ola Solbakken. Jason Murillo. Murillo? I'm always going to call him Derulo there, but Jason Murillo was sent off for two yellow cards. Um, Tammy Abraham could have been sent off for that challenge on uh, Thomas Rincon in the first half. I was a bit, bit, bit worried about that, but a good 3-0 routine home win. Um, Roman playing with a 4-2-3-1 after Roger Banez, Marash Kumbula, Gianluca Mancini were all suspended. Um, Brian Costante was also suspended after the fracker, the chaos of after the the, the Lazio defeat. Um, Joey, what were your thoughts on yesterday? A good three 0 home win routine. A bit could have been more. Really should have been more. They created a lot of chances, and um, we'll talk about the the infamous XG afterwards also. Yeah, with Roma, it could definitely always be more. Uh, this season, it's it's all about the chances they miss. That's been their enigma all year. But beyond that, um, I would say comfortable win. Um, I would say not overly dominant, but dominant enough uh, to merit the 3-0 win. Sampdoria had their moments uh, here and there. I wouldn't say too much of where they had the ball. They could have made something, but didn't. Uh, Roma's defense stood strong. It was nice to see the back four. I think there's a bit more fluidity in getting the ball up in the back four. There was less, less excuse me, um, uh, just punning and hoofing the ball forward from Patricio. If you notice, he he passed a lot to the center backs close to him, and they try to build up more. I like to see this a little more. I just know uh, Mourinho is uh, concerned about defending in a back four against stronger teams. But overall, um, it looked good. It wasn't perfect uh, playing a four-back, but it was really fluid. I thought a lot of the players uh, yesterday put in a good performance. 
Uh, I don't think I only think the center forwards, uh, mainly Abraham. Uh, I just think they're they're causing a real problem for us. Uh, again, no goals from either one of them. Spilotti still doesn't have a goal in Serie. A, so that's uh, that's something that they got to resolve going forward. But uh, overall, great performance. Man of match for me was Gini Wijnaldum. He finally was able to show his full qualities by uh, making those late runs and helping the offense from a deeper position. And uh, in the end, he he scored the winner. He caused the penalty. And um, so back in for the amount of minutes he's played, he has a goal and assist. Uh, so he already has more goal contributions than somebody we sold to Turkey. So it's already a positive. And just lovely open play goal to hit El Sharari, which him too, It's uh, he continues to shine every time he's being called upon. So great result overall. Um, on the formation and the switch to the four-two-three-one, <clears throat> do you expect that to go forward maybe in some games this season? I don't expect it to be played next Saturday against the Torino side who are playing tonight against Asuolo. But in a games where they are playing against teams who are sitting deep, um, do you expect Jose and Roma to set up in that sort of formation going forward? Or... Or just go back to the the tried and trusted three four two one. It's gonna be the uh, the trusted three four two one. I think they should against weaker teams because they they do seem to struggle. It, I mean, everyone knows they seem to struggle a lot more scoring uh, in a three back, but they defend better. Mm. So, but against the smaller teams, I mean, I, I don't think they should be worried about conceding in a four back I think they can outscore most of those bottom team uh, most of those bottom teams they can outscore them uh, the way they play in that four back so I think they they should play those games and not risk you know not scoring enough against smaller teams so I think they should but ultimately they won't and it depends the characteristics characteristics too as well Scott uh, I think Lorente looks very good in a back four he yes, played very yes. well I didn't mention him uh, so that could be a solution against these smaller teams is play the back four and don't risk, you know, scoring one goal or two goals and not being able to come back from it. And, uh, you know, it happened against Cremonese. We had trouble scoring. We scored that one goal. But if you run a four back, maybe you'll have a little less uh, time, a le- little less uh, sc- struggle. Excuse me. I'm catching my words today. A little less time struggling. So uh, I think it's an option, but I think Jose's too conservative and he'll stick to the back three. There's nothing wrong with that, I think, that is tried and trusted. But if he does go to the four, who would you drop out out of the three centre-backs? Because it's quite hard to to drop one of them. Ooh, um, normally I would have said Mancini uh, before 2023, but now the choice is harder. Mm. Um I would just say, characteristic-wise, I would probably still go with Mancini if it were me. Um, okay. But it, but it, it's a tough. It's a good problem to have. It's a tough choice. But I would say he's played in the back three all of his life. I know. Um, I know Ibanez has played a little bit of back four with the national team at least, and he seems to have. You know, he's better with the ball at his feet. He might have better characteristics with the ball in a back four. Uh, marking wise, maybe I'll give it a little bit to Mancini, but I, I think Ibanez mo- most of his struggles come from just blunders rather than marking and positioning. So uh, I would say mostly, most likely Mancini, but you can make the case for either one. 
No, no, that's understandable. Um, I, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, on yesterday, the lack of a cutting edge in front of goal was quite harrowing in the first half. Would you agree with that? Um, the amount of chances Roma created in the first half, they really should have been streets ahead. I thought second half, they were a bit more clinical. They did need the second goal later on. And then the third one was just the icing on, on the top of the cake. Well, a wonderful goal. Um, but it's starting to be a bit of a worry this season. And in games like this, there was a, the nagging feeling of where, oh no, this could be another Cremonese game where um, it could have gone all slightly wrong, but a good goal from Wijnaldum. But is the lack of a cutting edge and a bit of clinical finishing a bit worrying? Yes, yes it is. It's uh it's it's a problem with our center forwards. They don't seem to get the best out of any defenders they play. Uh, Abraham continues to struggle to hold on to the ball. And um, Bellotti, I mean, I've never been a fan of his technically. And he's he usually he used to be a predator in the box. Just with Mourinho, they won't get as many chances. It's fine. They start a lot deeper. I know that that makes it a struggle in itself. But when they do get those chances... It's it's not just them about being clinical. Is they don't, I don't think they make the right decisions all the time. Um, good example could be Pellegrini. Mm. Uh, I think it's Ra- Ravaglia, the the goalkeeper, yes, the, the third choice, the third keeper. Yeah, when he made that save on Pellegrini, I mean, it was a decent shot. It, I know it was on his weak foot, but he could have easily. I know El Sharari, I think might have been in the way. I'm not sure if he was offside, but. If uh, Pellegrini looked up, he could have just squared it to Abraham for a tap in. So that's that. That's an example of Roma just not making, I think, the correct decision. Um, maybe another one could be. I think Genie did well uh, when he hit the post, but again, I think there was a square pass on to Abraham as well. But I mean, both both opportunities, you know, could have resulted in the goal. Whereas Pellegrini, I think the best option was you just square it and pass it over to Abraham, and it's an easy tap. And barring, I mean, he doesn't miss the net like he did against Verona. But <laughs> it's uh, it's those decisions that I think cost Roma, and it's just that that hunger for the, the striker, they just don't seem to want to get the best of any defender. I mean, Abraham was, was uh, bullied off the ball a lot. He had a good pass from, I think it was Dybala, and he was very close. But again, the defender just bullied him off. It just... I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be clicking with either uh, scoring-wise with uh, Abraham or Bellotti at the moment. Do you think Abraham was a bit lucky not to be sent off for that challenge on Rincon? Uh, yeah, slightly, slightly. Maybe it's uh, it's a bit of uh, it's a bit of help. I don't know if you want to say it that way, but from the last two games we played, we had red cards, so. Mm. Oh, they were a bit a little more uh, lenient. I mean, the first first yellow was kind. Of, again, this is like the Ibanez case. It was kind of early first foul. Um, I'm not sure if he touched if he touched the ball. I, no. I don't remember the first one. So Murillo, Jason Murillo. Yeah, was it Murillo or Amione? They um, they're both built the same. Um, but Abraham went up for a high ball and. It, didn't really touch him. I may have been a knee in the face, but the, Abraham had the eye on the ball and he caught 
Meridio in the chest, but he went down holding his face. But Karma, I want to say, struck him early in the second half when he got sent off. But that challenge on Rincon, if it was a different official, because Arati is, um, let's just say, erratic at best in Serie A and in general with his officiating and just one of the poorer refs in Serie A. I think if it was another referee, I think it could have been an early red card. They probably would have spoiled the game. It could have, yeah. You're right. And uh, yeah, I'm remembering the foul. Yes, it was because I, I was thinking of a foul, Scott, and I forget who did it where he kicked the ball where there was a ball being kicked, something, I, I think it was like midair, and I, yeah. they got a yellow card when they touched the ball. So. Yeah. He got so, put for, for Abra- Yeah, exactly. But for for Abraham, yeah, he, he might have gone a, a little lucky. Um, again, it's a case of, is that, you know, it's an early foul. Do you give the first yellow? I always look at the first yellow more than the, the second, which which could have happened. I think the second one was... Uh, would have been rightly to call a yellow, but I guess he had the first one. So it seems ref are always erratic, but yeah, he could have definitely been sent off. We need more female officiating, like the one in the um, the Torino Bologna game. No, Torino, no, no, I agree. The Bologna, um, who did Bologna? Bologna Udinese, not Torino are playing playing late. And I've got my teams playing in colours. Messed up. Um, I'm thinking about Torino playing tonight and Saturday, but no, we had a, a there was a female officiate the Bologna Udinese game, but she did miss a handball, which was very very strange from the goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, uh, I've got a couple of players I wanted to talk about. One not so good, and two very good. We'll do the one not so good, and you mentioned him earlier with his weak effort on goal. It's Il Capitano Lorenzo Pellegrini. He's, his form is dipped again. Um, he's still yet to score a goal in Serie A from open play this season. He hasn't scored a goal in open play in Serie A since October 2021. He scored one goal in open play in the Europa League this season. That was against HJK Helsinki. He's got two goals and five assists. Both his goals have come from penalties. Um, that is correct. I think one of them, the last one was against Bologna and the other one was against Sampdoria. Yes, um, but his form has dipped horrifically. Is he playing through the injury injury barrier? Uh, is it just a lack of confidence? Because part of me felt that he may have got whistled a little bit as he came off the pitch yesterday. But what's your thoughts on Pellegrini? Because his input hasn't been great recently. I Yesterday, at times, I didn't know what sort of position he was playing. He was coming a lot deep for the ball in that hybrid four-three-three, four-two-three-one. But he's struggling, and do you think he probably won't be dropped? But should he be dropped? Yeah, at this point, I think he should. I think him and, uh, to be honest, I, I think him and the strikers should be. Um, I know people make a case. I'll get to Pellegrini in a second. I know uh, people make a case, Scott, about like Bellotti working hard, but like it, he's not contributing at all in scoring wise. So I, that's why I'm, I said the striker as well. But as for Pellegrini, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Solbach in and Al Sharari deserve to start more and play sort of those inside forward slash winger roles because Pellegrini just seems lost tactically. 
Um, maybe if we were to continue in the 4-2-3-1, which he's been the most comfortable, I would say uh, perhaps it might be um, a position well-suited for him and he can get back on form. It's hard to judge on one game. I mean, they, sh- they shift to a four-back just one game, so it's really a small sample size. Um, he looked a little more involved. I mean, he didn't he didn't contribute anything goal or assist wise, but he looked a little more involved in recent games. But overall, it's just it hasn't been good. There's there's something not fitting right, and I'm not sure if it's injury as well because he played a lot better for the national team than he did, uh, and that was a week ago against England. He played uh, a lot better, so I, I uh, maybe you can say injury uh, plays a part on it, but. I think he's just been he's just been lost in terms of where he is on the field and where he should be tactically. It just he just seems to not be fitting anywhere where they're playing him. He just kind of has that role of like I don't know, just plugging him in wherever and seeing what he can do. And I I don't think that's that's going well for him. No, it's just something I was thinking yesterday when watching the game. He was coming a lot deeper for the ball. I think he wanted to be involved more, but it's been a good couple of months, maybe two, two, two months, six to eight weeks, where his form hasn't been great. Um, he didn't look good yesterday at times. I thought I thought he looked a little bit lost in the derby. Understandably, when we were under, we're, we're ten men, but it's something to, uh, a bit of a cause for concern in the long run. That's the one negative. The two positives of the performances from yesterday from in, from an individual standout were two players both on loan at Roma from from a French club and a Premier League club. You both mentioned them earlier. Both Diego Lorente and Jeannie Vinaldum very were excellent, sorry. They much uh, they impressed me quite a lot. Lorente was very good bringing the ball out of defence. Um, I think he'll be a good fourth or fifth, probably a fourth centre back choice in the next few weeks when um, Jose might have to rotate a little bit more. Um, but Vinaldum, um, I think that was his best game for Roma to date. He was breaking through the lines. He had a couple of opportunities at goal. Um, broke from deep. Um, him and Matic looked quite good. Here's a double pivot. Matic dropped deep, which meant Vinaldum could push a little bit further forward. If you noticed at times when Matic had, had the ball, he was playing as basically as a third centre-back, which meant Vinaldum can, can push and be that, that sort of box-to-box midfielder where he can make those third-man runs. And you saw it for the goal. And you saw it for the penalty as well. And a goal and an assist. He was probably the standout player on the pitch. But for you, uh, Joey, I'll ask about uh, Vinaldum and Lorente later. But what was your thoughts on Genie? You're a, you're a Genie fan. I think a lot of Roma fans are. And I'm hoping to see him in a Roma shirt next season. But that was probably his best performance to date post-injury. Oh, it certainly was, and uh, I mentioned it so many times on previous episodes. I've been a fan of Genie and his qualities. I know what he can do, and he was able to show it yesterday. I, I just think he looks a little more comfortable in a four-back, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't remember the last time he's actually played in a three-back before. Um, he played maybe a few times at PSG, but he didn't have the greatest of years. So this is a more suited and comfortable formation for him when there's more in the midfield. 
uh, in the center of the pitch rather. And he even said it himself, uh, Scott, I don't know if you remember, he's more comfortable in the midfield three. So I know uh, Pellegrini at times would drop and make that that hybrid three-man midfield. So it, it seemed to work out for Genie. And he has good chemistry, Matic. I, I mean, they almost connected on one goal before evidently connecting on, on the first goal of the game. The one that hit the post was a pass from Matic. And same for the goal itself was an assist from Matic. So it was midfielder to midfielder. And uh, they, they seemed to link up well. And he seemed much more comfortable in a four-back. And he played very well uh, both uh, offensively and defensively. Tactically looked... It looked very good considering we didn't have uh, Cristante this game. Again, I know it's Sampdoria, but even against those type of teams, we tend to look tactically lost, and we didn't look it yesterday. So it was really glad to see Wijnaldum being back to what what I've seen in the past from him. And yeah, he was was certainly the man of the match for me. I think it was Matic's pass for the penalty as well. If yes. I'm not mistaken, yeah. I thought he was yeah. going to shoot. So, so three times they linked up and they scored two out of three because mm. of it. And the, one of them hit the post. So it's unreal chemistry so far between the two. Yeah, I thought they both played really, really well. In a team against Sampdoria who pressed a little bit, I think the game was sort of much done and dusted when they went down in 10 men. Um, but yeah. Um, thoughts on Diego Lorente? Oh, Class performance. Um, I I'm not saying I, I I expected this from him, but uh, it was uh, it didn't shock me, but it, it didn't you know uh, surprise me either. Um, he's had some good moments in the past in his in his career. So he uh, Mourinho always gets the best out of center backs, and he's always been known to be good at the ball at his feet. And I think uh, I think he did well. He he did well getting the ball forward, which at times he struggled uh, for certain the three back. And I don't think he put in a foot wrong yesterday. He had one uh, one breakup that really impressed me, where he he uh, he seemed like he was the only one back defending, uh, where a lot of people were out of position. A cross came in, and he just got his head to it. So his uh, positioning was really excellent yesterday, and uh, and I thought he did I thought he did extremely well. Yeah, I think another standout performance. Um, he impressed in the 45 minutes before his injury against Real Sociedad. Um, he looked quite good as the left centre-half, I think. At times, Roma has struggled this season while playing, trying to bring the ball out of defence. Um, I think me and you have talked about it quite a lot this season. I've tweeted about it when I've done analysis of games. I will do an analysis of yesterday's game. I'll probably do it tomorrow and that will be one of the topics of um, Lorente bringing the ball out of defence. But he, I think he will have a job to do for the rest of the season. I think Jose can count on him because if I'm not mistaken, he gave him his debut at Real Madrid. So I would imagine in the long run to the rest of the season, Lorente has maybe a bit part, but he has a role to play going forward. Yes, he does. And if he can show what he can do, I mean, we always talk about depth before. I know they won't pay the 18 or 20 million um, that, that he has on his, uh, on his deal to, to switch permanently. But if Roma can get anything, you know, reduce costs, um, I think he can be a center back option. Uh, hopefully we still get a, you know, I'm always hoping for, a, a uh, like a, I'll say a top level type CB like a, an eventual smalling replacement but as depth I would definitely 
if he continues to impress, I definitely wouldn't mind him staying past the season. I think he's gone above the pecking order of Maris Kumbula, who looks oh definitely gone at this point. Um, and we all, and we got to see a Zeki Jelic sighting only for a couple of minutes, but um, finally he's been out in the wilderness. Um, yeah, um, I'm well, glad you mentioned him, Scott, because I, I thought this would have been a perfect game for Chelik to start. When mm-hmm. I heard they were going to a four-back, that's what suits Chelik the most, is a four-back rather than a, a three-back because he, he doesn't have to do as much offensively. He's, his qualities is being defensive. So to start Zaleski there, I was still really quite surprised because Zaleski, obviously, his worst, his worst characteristics, especially on the right, is defensively. And in a four-back, uh, I I really thought Chelik would have started. I, I thought it would have been the perfect time for him to come in and and play where he's he's best suited. But it didn't happen. He may get some game time going forward. Um, Roma have quite a few games in April at the beginning of May and a couple of big games in some in the the two competitions that they're in. But I was a bit surprised. I would have probably gone with a back four of Chelik, small in. Uh, Lorente and Spinazzola, um, but Zaleski did a, a a good job against Algello, who's probably Sampdoria's best player yesterday. Um, the best outlet, I think, it's not if or when they go down, which is a very sad thing to say because the way that club's been run over the last couple of years is quite bad. Um, they're horrifically in debt. I think Algello might get some. Um, some offers from some Serie A clubs next season. I think it's maybe worth a punt by someone to uh, to have a look. Um, should we talk about one of our favourite topics? Yes, the XG, it's a positive one. So I'm 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 always willing to talk about it when it's positive. I think it. I think the stats was it 28 shots on goal yesterday, or was it maybe a bit more? Um, Steve Austin. We'd been proud of this XG yesterday. I think it was at three point one six. Roma three Roma three sixteen. The glass shatters. Um, but yeah, it was a, a positive performance. I think Sampdoria's was at not was it not point three. I did tweet it out, and I will look into it. But positive XG for once. Um, we talked pre-pod about some stats. Joe, Joe, sorry. Um, second time this season at home in Serie A, they've uh, they've won three 0 Is it for five times in all competitions they've scored three at home? It's uh, five times uh, in total. Oh it's... no, five times at home. Yes, and then with Hellas Verona, six uh, is the is the away one. Yeah, so it's not many times. So. Uh, that XG being 3.16 and scoring three goals, and we could have had more. Just <laughs> it brought a bit of tears to my eyes to see some <laughs> some more offense. But no yeah. doubt, Scott, they can score more in the four back. It's just it's defending which is always going to be the problem, and uh, that's why you know they rather win games one zero and hope and pray than I guess try to gamble and score more and but potentially give up more, but. It was nice to see Roma had an XG of over three. Uh, it was nice to see three goals. So it hasn't happened too often this season, as we said. Yeah, so Roma 316. Oh, God, I'm going to make that as a pun. 
going uh, in the next couple of weeks. Sampdoria is 0.25. Did Rupertish, was it, he made two, two, three saves? They were pretty much straight at him. Roma had 28 shots on goal, uh, 11 on target. Sampdoria had six, three on target. Um, oh, wow, the passes and the possession were pretty much even, but it was pretty much a, a quite a good attacking performance, bar being a bit more clinical. That's what I would go with. I don't know if you would agree with that. I do, Scott, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, maybe expect to see it. I might be bold saying this, but he's done in the past. Maybe expect to see um, Dybala return more in the false nine role. Yeah. It might happen. If if the, the key, the, for me, one of the keys to maybe make that happen is if uh, Mourinho starts to trust Solbakken more, he might put them out. He might put Dybala in a false nine with, you know, obviously a El Shirari and Pellegrini might be an option, but if they wanted something a little bit more direct, a bit more pace, a, a wide, he might even try like El Shirari and Solbakken if he starts to trust Solbakken more. So we might see it. No, no, he did get an assist with, I think he was on the pitch for 10 minutes, 12 yeah, minutes, maybe a, more. Lovely assist. That, that's, oh. Both the pass and the finish is ex- like, I, I mean, I've played soccer all my life. Both the pass and the finish, extremely hard to do. Like the the pass was went perfectly in El Shorari's path, and for him to shoot that one time in the bottom corner, it looks e- it might look easy, but it's really, really not easy. Both the pass and the shot to be as perfect as they were, and it was good to see them two link up. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Um, I have two topics to finish, and then we'll wrap up. Um, so yesterday we saw two managerial sackings in the Premier League, which were Leicester and Chelsea. So Graham Potter and Brendan Rodgers were sacked. And there's also been some rumours about Carlo Ancelotti leaving Real Madrid in the summer. I know it's early. It's April. Mourinho's been linked with a return to two clubs. If, and this is a big if, Roma make top four, do you see him staying for a third season? Yes, I believe he would. All the hard work they put into getting to Champions League, I can't see. Unless the the owners just say, look, we we can't buy any players and the team's going to get ultimately worse, which I don't see happening. I mean, all the hard work uh, he's put in the past couple of years, if they make Champions League and uh, he doesn't experience it, I'd I'd be quite shocked. So, yeah, I think think he'd stay. I, I think he would stay. I only asked that because there were some rumours and there were some reports of Mourinho going back to Madrid and, and Mourinho going back to Stamford Bridge for a third time, but I don't think I could see him working for that crazy American owner they've got at the moment, who I think he's spent $600 million so far since he's come in, and yeah, it's not looking great. Um I don't know if he would like to go back to the basket case of Chelsea. It's just an, it was just a thought. Uh, final thought. thought um, I'm on the Transfer Mart website. Roma have the fourth best home record in Serie A this season. And they've made it a fortress. And they've made it something that they didn't really do in the last couple of seasons. So they've played 14-1-9. Oh, sorry, I just 
clicked onto Nick last seasons. So they've um, 14, won nine, drawn one, lost four, conceded nine goals in 14 home games and picked up 28 points. The home form this season, Joey, has been very good, hasn't it? Where in previous seasons, Roma have struggled badly. Yeah, yeah, it has. Uh, we were um, we were pretty bad at home. Besides, I think the conference league last year, and then the years in Fonseca. In Fonseca's years, it was funny. We were actually better away than we were at home. But this season, we really take a turn for the better. And I think ultimately, the crowd uh, the crowd has has helped them uh, give that extra energy. And it's good to see that it's a fortress because we're going to need it. Uh, we have big games, uh, Scott. I don't know if this was one of the things we talk about with the schedule coming up, but we have a, a, a certainly a, a few big matches, especially at home with Inter and AC Milan coming in. So it's really good to see our f- home form picked up over this past year, and because uh, it, it's it's they really going to need to put you know all their energy in beating those big teams, and I think having that form is just, it's just an added boost of confidence for them to know that they can take on any team when they play at the Olymp- uh, at the Olympico. So I'm glad to see they really picked that up and I'm glad to see Mourinho turn that around. So you were mentioning Fonseca just a minute ago. In his final season of 2020-21, the COVID season where everything was played behind closed doors, Roma had the third best record with 43 points from 19 games Juventus and Inter at the top two Inter only lost one game at home all season where they won 17 out of 19 um, but his first season Roma finished fifth uh, at home with a home record I'm, I'm, I am bringing this up because they've picked up a lot of points this season at home uh, Mourinho's first season I think Roma was sixth so they finished where they were where they were going to finish last season, which I think was understandable. There was there were some games last season where they really should have won and picked up points, but they, it was a, a different squad. Sorry, they finished fifth. Um, 11 on points for both Napoli and Lazio, so that was quite fun. So that was 10 wins from 19 games with six draws and three defeats. But this season, they've really, they've really picked up a lot, and it's been really good to see. Um, like, I think the crowd has helped. I think it was another sellout, almost sellout yesterday. As as you said, there's some big games coming up at home, isn't there? There's the Europa League against um, Feyenoord, the second leg. Um, Sorry, I've got the schedule up in front of me. The remaining home games, Udinese on the 16th, AC Milan on the 29th, um, 6th of May is against Inter, um, San Natana, which is on the 20th, and Spezia, which is the weekend of the 3rd and the 4th. There's some, some very... I think I could see Roma winning majority of them, but the crowd this season has been amazing, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, it has been. I mean, it's it's been uh, it's been great to see. Uh, it's sold out. I think it was 27 games in a row now, or 28. Um, and just uh, that the crowd really believes in the team, which is which is great to see. I know there's that Mourinho effect, uh, which has come in over the past two seasons, but the crowd really believes that the team can can progress and and move forward and get to better things, and they come to support 
uh, them no matter what. It's it's really it's really nice to see, especially you know. I know I'm watching it all the way from Canada, but it, it, it's like the the feeling you get when you see that that crowd and then that them singing, you know, all the Roma songs before and after the games. It's just it's wonderful to see. And if, I mean, I feel it. Of course, definitely the players feel that uh, that extra support, and ultimately it helps them do better. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I'm just looking at the calendar year as well. Roma are third. You can guess who's top because they lost 4-0 yesterday to AC Milan and Lazio are second. Never fails, Scott. Every time we win, just never fails. I know Inter lost, but like every time we win, just there's there's always a shock, you know, where Lazio beat Napoli and now Milan beat Napoli. Just we we don't get the help when we win. It's just it's it's so crazy. We'll end on the craziness of Serie A um, this season because we were talking pre-pod that the Empoli-Lecce game, which I think has already kicked off, if I'm not mistaken, was delayed for an hour due to a circuit fire in the Empoli changing rooms. Um, Milan winning 4-0 away at Napoli. I did not see that coming. Sadly, I I didn't watch it. I watched a bit of football over the weekend. But another crazy week in Serie A. Fiorentina winning at Inter. Atalanta winning late in Cremona. Um, Lazio winning their way at Monza. Actually, I won't call it a crazy week, but Juventus winning 1-0. Do you know what? I think they've won, is it seven out of their last eight games in Serie A? Or in all, all, all competitions, sorry. And they only lost to Roma recently. Could you see if they don't get the points deduction, the points back from the deduct, uh, deduction? Oh my god, English Scott, um, they could get top four. It wouldn't surprise me if they did because the form they're in is ridiculous. Oh, they scare me more than uh, Inter Scott. To be honest, I'm more worried about Juventus now than I am Inter. Even being behind by six points to Roma and to Inter as well, uh, they. I mean, they only win 1-0, but they're finding a way every single game to win. Uh, we'll see next weekend, though. They have a big match against Lazio, so it's going to be uh, interesting to watch. But, yeah, they they scare me more than, than Inter and even AC Milan. Uh, Juventus scare me more. And imagine, they had minus 15 points. So, crazy, crazy season. Nothing we'll ever experience again. Yeah, it's very... It's, very... it's going to be interesting because... They've, they're in the Coppa Italia tomorrow or Wednesday against Inter. It's they, tomorrow because uh, they they uh, they play early because I think Inter play Friday due to Easter weekend as well. Yeah, they, so there's no games on Sunday. Yeah, there's no games this weekend on Sunday because it's Easter Sunday. There's three games on uh, Friday, and there's the seven games on Saturday spread over. What was it? 11 30, 1 30, 3 30, 5 30, and 7 30. So, if you want to watch seven games or five games back to back, you've got a very good Easter Saturday to watch some games wherever you are in the world. But Juventus are on, they're in the Coppa Italia semi final, they're in the Europa League quarter final, they're pushing teams out for the top four. They could get their 15 points back. Ah, this is going to be an interesting last 10 weeks of the season, isn't it? Oh, it definitely will, but wouldn't have it any other way with the chaos in Syria. 
bring it on, bring it on. And Roma against Torino. Um, thoughts? Because Torino are playing tonight against Sassuolo. Um, they won 3-0 their last season. They drew one all uh, before the World Cup. Torino lost 4-0 at home to Napoli before the international break. They're a team that do blow hot and cold, but they've got one of, if not the better coaches in Serie A of the teams below the top seven in Ivan Juric. How are you feeling going into the game? I know the game's six days away um, and Torino haven't played haven't played this weekend or this evening, but what are your thoughts going into it? Uh, I'm a little worried um, just because Juric seems to always do well against Roma. He coaches sides that always give Roma problems. I know we won 3-0 last year, but uh, it was the last game of the season. Torino season was done. There was nothing to play for. And Bremer didn't even play. So, um, you know, they didn't have their best defender. Roma had everything to play for because they needed to win that to qualify for Europa League. So I, I kind of looked at it as kind of like an outlier. But every time Torino played Roma, uh, they seem to give us a bit of trouble, especially with now Juric being behind the bench. I find he always gives Roma trouble. Uh, so I, I'm a little worried about the game. Uh, they, they are hot and cold. They know they can do well against certain teams, and then they can slip up. Uh, they played, I know it's Napoli, but they didn't even show up that game. Even the tie to Cremonese was, was a bit of a shock for Torino uh, that happened recently. But I, I'm worried mostly because of Juric. Yeah, uh, I rate him very highly. I think a lot of people rate him very highly. I think he will probably, not this summer, maybe next summer, so 2024, he probably get a top job in Serie A of one of the top five or six teams in Italy. If not, you, you never know. It could be this summer if, um, uh, if a brother of a, a striker is out of a job because it looks like he could be on his way if Inter don't get top four. Uh, we've pretty much rambled on. <laughs> I have yeah. it as well. I have as well. Um, guys, you can follow us at themagicast.com, and you can find all our previous episodes on the website, and you can find us on all podcast platforms, so your Apple, SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify, etc., 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 so Top Flight Football has been back for a weekend. We've got the Easter break to come as well. Um, Roma plays Saturday evening. Oh, a bit of nervy, nervy, nerviness is going on because it's going to be in a big week because they play that, then final, then Udinese, then final against so It's a, a, an interesting next four games coming up. But Joey, thank you very much for coming back and joining after a two-week hiatus due to the international break. Been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure. We got to talk about something positive, which we haven't done in the last couple of pods, talking about AS Roma, 3-0 home win against Sampdoria, and the return to top four, even though it says Roma are fifth, but Roma have a better head-to-head against Inter, but enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk soon. Ciao. Ciao.